I once read a story about a spider who crawled into a cave one day and found a lion asleep. Like most creatures, the spider had feared the lion. And she decided that with the lion asleep, she could finally capture him and thereby eliminate the threat that that lion had become. All night long, she spun her web around that lion. Sunrise came and that lion stirred and he yawned with a roar and he stepped out from his nap and he walked clearly out of that cave. You see, that spider worked very, very hard to get that web spun around this lion. But those web, that web and those webs that she spun and spun and spun were not able to trap that lion. Another animal perhaps, but not the king of the jungle. And on this Easter morning here, we celebrate what we understand to be a man who was held by a lot of things in this earthly life, but death was not one of them. He was not held by death. He could never, ever be held by the very thing that was created to only control his enemy. You realize that death was not made for any of us in this room? Death was never God's intention for you. Death was made for the enemy and his followers. But those who followed in suit soon became became flustered by what life brings and sometimes we have our own answers. Raise your hand if you ever had your own answers to your questions. And none of us in this room have ever walked away saying, man, my idea was really, really good about my sin in my life, right? I don't think any one of us could. So I want to allow you for a moment to just hear me out on this message this Easter morning entitled, When Death Got Canceled. When Death Got Canceled canceled how the resurrection shakes off darkness listen Jesus shook off darkness in his life but he died so he can shake off darkness in your life you see Easter resurrection says you put truth in the grave but it won't stay there is that right Resurrection morning, we celebrate because truth was in the grave, but it couldn't stay there because truth has a mission, and that mission is to save people from their sin. I want to tell you that right now at the end of this message, I want to be very clear. I'm going to bring a message this morning about how God canceled death through Jesus And I'm going to make a call at the end of this message for you to respond. I'm going to be very clear right up front. So there's no wondering or wandering around the question. The question is going to be posed to you on several forms. And allow me to do that here because the lion of the tribe of Judah shook off the pains of death, hell, and the grave so that you don't have to walk in darkness or live in it. Can somebody say amen? 
So there's a few things I want to share with you. If you're taking notes, we're going to have the house lights up just a little bit. And if you're taking notes, now will be a good time. I want to share with you three quick thoughts on this Easter morning, but, but they're very important, so you need to pay attention. Because I need you to understand that when he shook off darkness, he didn't shake off darkness just for himself. He shook off darkness for you and for me. He shook off darkness so we don't have to walk blindly. So we don't have to wonder what's next, what what God has in store. He has a plan for you. And so here's my thoughts here this morning on this Easter morning. Who's glad that it's Easter morning? Anybody? Are you glad it's Easter morning? I'm celebrating this. I'm so excited to share this message with you. I'm so excited to share these, these, these following thoughts with you because as I've been stirring with this this entire week, I've been asking God, help me to bring this message in such a way that we understand that we're celebrating. While I'm talking about death on the front end, I'm going to be talking about life on the back end. Because every bit of this story has a beginning and an end but that end has a beginning and I'll share what that means in a moment the first thought is simply this the first thought is the death of Jesus was part of God's plan how many know that nobody took Jesus' life nobody took it Jesus said it himself no man takes my life what did he say I lay it down Myself for you, right? I lay it down myself. No man took Jesus' life. He gave his life for you and for me. And I'm grateful for that today. See, the crucifixion was no accident. There was God's plan all along. And I can imagine for a moment as I watched Passion of the Christ yesterday, I, 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 I try to watch it every year, I think I can only stomach it once a year. But it reminded me of just the angle that I'm, I didn't quite see till I seen this movie of Mary and how she's seen her son. And at one point she says, so it has begun. When they were beating her son, Jesus Christ. And she says, so it has begun. And I can't process for a moment watching my child go through what she watched her child go through. You see, he was a redeemer not just for the good guys. He was a redeemer for the bad guys. And guess what? News flash, breaking news, this just in. You are one of the bad guys. Hello? We were one of the bad guys. We were one of the people that were lost in our sin. We sinned against God. We did our own thing. But we were once one of the bad guys. And there are some of you that walk in and go, well, I'm kind of still one of them. (laughs) We've all been there. You're in the right place. Can I tell you something? Come on, tap your neighbor real quick. Say, excuse me, you may not know me, but you're in the right place. Come on, do that right now real quick. Some of you are not doing it. I'm going to wait here till everyone does it. If you're online right now, say, I was one of them. Come on, type it in the screen right there. I was one of them. Right? Raise your hand if you were one of them. Raise your hand if you never lied. Raise your hand if you were one of them. Because some of you, some of you, you didn't raise your hand. You're like, no, I'm not going to admit it. I'm not going to admit it. See, it would be, It would be crazy for us to think that we were born without sin, 
It would be crazy of us to think that somehow Good Friday was good. Have you ever thought of why Good Friday was good? I remember when I found out what Good Friday was about, I was like, wait, time out. Who says it was good? Because it didn't sound good. It didn't sound good to me. But the reason why Good Friday is good is because this was God's plan all along. And there's a great light at the end of this tunnel. Amen? Amen. Jesus was the Lamb of God, the final sacrifice that come for the sins of the world. John 1.29. And he came to bear your sin and my sin. And so that he wouldn't just die, but he would be buried. They would see him dead. They would watch him be buried. And then on the third day, he would raise from that tomb, that borrowed tomb. How many know you don't want to buy something that you're not going to lose, use long term? Come on, he leased it. Come on, somebody. He didn't lease to own. He leased it. He borrowed it. Can I borrow it? You ever bought, lent something to somebody that they thought you, that you would, they were keeping it? You were like, hold up, you said borrow, right? Why you had it for 17 years? <laughs> right? Some of you just left this room and you're in another world now thinking about the people that you borrow stuff from. Come back, come back. Come back, worry about that later. We've all been there, right? That said, the same God who planned Jesus' death also planned his resurrection. Come on, somebody. And not one of them would fail. The death wouldn't fail. The burial wouldn't fail. And guess what? The resurrection didn't fail because he's alive. The resurrection didn't fail. But I tell you what failed, death. Death was canceled. Death was canceled. Say that with me. Death was canceled. Cancels. See, that said, we understand that Jesus pointed to hope when he came up out of that grave and he showed himself to the disciples. How much hope do you think they had? We mentioned it earlier. We kind of, our nation's kind of in a Saturday at some point here, right? Kind of feeling like these pressures of different things. We're living in this what is happening right now world. How many feel like we're living in a what is happening right now kind of world? What is happening around this kind of world, right? But guess what? Death, the death of Jesus, follow with me, was God's plan all along. It was God's plan all along. Today marks the day that believers call Resurrection Day. Hallelujah is our song because we're resurrection people. We're resurrection people. And so we believe that what he did for us was something that would change the course of human history. Listen, I want to make this very clear. The gospel is for everyone, but not everyone is for the gospel. I got one amen in the corner. The gospel is for everyone, but not everyone is for the gospel. What am I saying? I'm saying that God is for you to get your life right with him, but not everybody wants to get their life right. Is that right? Am I preaching Bible this morning? Because the Bible is very clear. For God so loved the world, not the mindset or the system, the people. Because God cares about people. People. Not programs. Not nonprofit organizations though he does that too. But God's ultimate goal is to get you to know him. 
not just to get you to church. Because if knowledge was enough, there'd be a lot more people saved. There'd be a lot more people saved. Amen? Knowledge isn't enough. Knowledge doesn't cut it. It's great. The gospel is for everyone, but not everyone is for the gospel. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about we can be saved from the penalty of our sin, but it has been completely dealt with and covered by what he did on that cross. So say this with me. Jesus planned this. It was all part of God's plan, right? Second thought is simply this. The death of Jesus was part of God's plan, right? The second one is this. It was impossible for death to hold Jesus. It was impossible for death to hold Jesus. Why? Because death could not restrain what God has promised to keep free. When God has set you free, death cannot hold you any longer. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you have been set free by the power and the resurrection of Jesus. And I want you to know something. Peter quoted something when he was preaching. See, on the day of Pentecost, he preached, and then many, many people came to Jesus. The Bible talks about thousands. 3,000 were added to the number that day. Come on, that's a good sermon. Not going to lie, I started taking notes when I, saw, when I read that verse. I was like, let's go back to how he preached this. I need to preach that. 3,000 people got saved. They said yes to the Savior. But did you know that Peter was quoting the Psalms when he said this? My flesh will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul or Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. What is he talking about? The Holy One, he's talking about Jesus. But you know what he's also talking about? He's talking about those who follow him. He's not going to let you see corruption. He's going to give you hope. He's going to give an avenue. How many are grateful for the avenue of hope found in Jesus Christ today? Amen. Pastor Tony, you're asking a lot of me. I said amen three times. That's, that's a little too much. It helps me preach shorter when I know you got it. Amen? amen. See, you see what just happened? Selfish. Y'all ready for the Easter lunch is what happened. Y'all like, amen. <laughs> amen, Pastor Tony, Amen. But in all seriousness, David did, though he died, you know that you can find the graves of individuals. But when you get to Jesus' grave, it's empty. It's empty, friends. Come on, empty graves mean fulfilled promises. Come on, how many people got full graves and empty promises? Oh, come on, that was good preaching right there. That was good, that was good. How many, see, Jesus had an empty grave and he was full of promises. But there's a lot of people that live this life, their graves are full and, they, and their promises are empty. Why? Because they couldn't do and deliver what Jesus could deliver. I follow a Savior that's worth following. Somebody say, somebody say amen somewhere in the house. Come on, it's Easter morning. Say it with me, come on. I think you understand what I'm saying. I think you understand this, that when God made a covenant, he kept it. When he sat there with his disciples, do you think for even a moment they understood what he was talking about? When he sat with them. He sat on that, on that last supper, and I don't know why everybody was sitting on one side of the table, but they were on the picture. That's awkward. 
Everybody's on one side. I like to talk to you. He sat there with Jesus. And when he broke that bread and he passed it, he said, this is my body, which is for you. And then he passed the cup and he said, this is my cup. This is the cup of my blood. Do this. Do you think for a moment they, they understood? No, they didn't. It was a long time coming. Man was looking for hope over and over again. And that day sat at the table the one who could bring all hope, all peace, all grace. Can I tell you for a few moments here this morning that, that God kept his word when he gave Jesus as our miracle? Come on, somebody. He kept his word. He said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, remember that verse I just read in, in Psalm 16, verses 8 to 11. If you're taking notes, Psalm 16, verses 8 to 11, he explained the resurrection. Peter, uh, Peter quoted that in his message following the, the Pentecost. And there at that point, he's talking about hope. And we understand that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. So God kept his word. It was not possible for Jesus to be held by the grave because hope was calling. And that hope is what drove him out of that grave. Did you know that every single one of those disciples were wondering on Saturday, was everything we did for the last three years worth it? Look at me, everyone in this room, look at me and everyone online, look at me. I need you to understand this. The people that followed Jesus had moments of doubt. The people that followed Jesus had moments of regret. Hello? Peter? Right? Peter to mention one because they all had their moments, right? Thomas doubted. There were, there were others. Last time I checked, Jesus was arrested solo. So they all had their moment. So maybe you came here this morning on Easter morning and you're having your doubt, you're having your moment. Guess what? You're in great company. Because all of us at one point in our lives have wondered, is this thing worth going after anymore? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why did this happen? Jesus canceled death because it could not hold him. And resurrection shook off the darkness that tries to cloud your judgment. And I'm telling you today, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he too will shake that darkness from outside of you. Because every one of us have those moments of darkness. Raise your hand if you had a bad thought in last month. The last week. The last day. How many of you wanted to throw something at me in the last 60 seconds? Anything. I got to watch out now because somebody's like, he just invited it. But we've all in some way, shape, or form have sinned and fallen short. Amen? We've all done that. So let's keep the record clear. This is not a place for perfect people. If you're perfect, see me after service. I need to know how you did it. I need to know. Because I haven't figured it out. 
But I know the third thing is simply this. The one who died for us and was resurrected is Lord of all. And because he's Lord of all, he could be Lord of all of this and all of my mess ups and all of my, come on somebody, those of you online that maybe you're not here in the room, I want you to know something. God loves you wherever you are today. And this Jesus that I was just preaching about, this Jesus that's coming back again. Come on. He died. He was buried. He resurrected. And he's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back. The one who died for us and resurrected is Lord of all. In Acts, Peter said this. Watch this. In Acts 2.21, for those of you still taking notes. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be, say it with me, saved. Why is it so important to be saved? Well, because we are broken and lost without Jesus. Amen? Now, let me define something for you because we often say that he saved me because of his mercy and grace. Allow me for a moment to define this a little bit for you. Just for a moment. Will you just follow along with me for a moment? See, I have some definitions here about mercy and grace. I want us to understand something. Mercy and grace, while they have very similar tendencies, they are actually different. And let me explain this to you for just a moment because it plays a big part in what I'm about to share with you. The first one is mercy. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You with me? Not getting what you do deserve. Right? Here's the difference. Here's what grace is. Grace is getting what you know you don't deserve. Now, let me, let me do it like this for a moment. Let's say for a moment... Pastor Tony, for this sake, uh, um, let's just call him Tony. (laughs) Let's say Tony was driving and he had to get somewhere fast. And this is just hypothetical, hypothetical. He had to get somewhere fast. And all of a sudden lights light up behind him. And he gets pulled over. Again, hypothetical. I'm picking out random names and hypothetical situations. Let's say that officer pulls me over, says, walks over to my car, and then turns and says to me, look, everyone, stay with me right here. The officer looks at me and says, license and registration. I give him my license registration. Ten minutes later, he comes back and he says, listen, I checked you out, your license and registration. You were going way too fast. I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to let you off with a warning. Don't do it again. Thank you, officer. Thank you so much for being considerate. I I, I promise I won't do it again today. (laughs) You've got to be honest, right? Again, this is hypothetical, but this is hypothetical. That is, my friends, scenario number one. Scenario number two. I get pulled over, hypothetically. And the officer says, license and registration. I give it to him. And then he comes back and he says, here is a summons. Here is your license. Here's your registration. And your summons is to this amount. And you mail it to this address. And then he reaches into his back pocket, pulls out a checkbook, writes it in the total amount of the fine, 
rips the check out, gives it to me, and says, here's the fine amount. It's completely paid for. Friends, scenario number one is mercy. I'll let you off. I'm not getting what I do deserve. Friends, grace is getting what you know you don't deserve. That officer, he didn't have to turn around and write that check for me. Come on, somebody. That is a picture of grace. Very different, though they are very similar in some ways, and that scenario, very similar, but the outcome's very different. Mercy and grace. Are you seeing what I'm saying here right now? The definition helps us to define what is it that I need from Jesus today? Do I need mercy? Do I need grace? Do I need forgiveness? Do I need hope? And I'm telling you today that Jesus is the one who died and resurrected, not me, not this church, Jesus. And that's why we can stand. And no brutal guard can keep him in the grave. No power-hungry governor or king can, can sentence him to death and be, and be kept there. Listen, not even death itself could hold him in the grave. So here's his promise to each of us today. And I'm going to put this in a capsule for you. This is an uh, NASB version. And I'm going to give you two promises and how we can cast off darkness. Are you ready? John 6 tells us this. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will not certainly cast out. Here's that promise. If you come to him today, he's not going to dismiss you. You with me? If you're with me, say yeah. If you're with me, you got to understand this. He will not dismiss you if, he come, if you come to him and you say, I'm in need of a savior this Easter. I need resurrection power in my life. I need to understand that there is someone fighting for me. Jesus says, I will fight for you. And Hebrews 13.5 says this, and we don't have this up on the screen. Hebrews 13.5 says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with all you have. For he himself said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever abandon you. New American Standard Version. I will never desert you, and I will never abandon you. That's his promise. So here on this Resurrection day. You don't notice. Uh, some of you may have noticed you have these, uh, these resurrection uh, little pamphlets. I invite you to take those with you. Please don't leave them behind. Take them with you. Read it. Take a look at it. Understand what the resurrection was about. But I need you to look at me for a moment. Don't read it now. Don't read it now. Some of you are like, ooh, pictures. I know. It happened to me too. Even the coming of the Holy Spirit was a promise of God so that you don't have to walk this life alone. How many are grateful that you don't have to walk this life alone? Amen? He's alive. But he didn't just leave you here to figure things out. Like, hey, I'm coming back. I'll see you later. That's not what Jesus did. So the resurrection is a symbol of God's faithfulness. So three things real quick. The problem. Here's the problem. We all all have done wrong, right? We've all sinned and fallen short. The solution. Well, the solution is Jesus because Jesus is not only a man. He was God's only begotten son. 
And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came to close the gap between God and man. Amen? He came so that we don't have to be separate anymore. We can be one. We can be connected with our Savior. So what are the results? The results is Jesus took our past, our present, our future, and all of our sin upon himself so that we can have new life in him. And on this Easter morning, I want to tell you something. The resurrection changes everything. Amen. Shake off death because Christ shook off death. Shake off darkness because Christ shined in the darkness. Death was but a spider web, but Jesus walked through that spider web like that lion did in my opening story. He walked out of that lion, that, 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 uh, that cave, and that web was like death. He walked out saying, there's nothing that could really hold me. And I, I, I would I'd probably venture out and say that that lion didn't even know that that spider web was for him. He probably thought he just walked into something. How many ever just walked into a spider web and you were like, most of you, I bet you didn't go, someone was trying to capture me. (laughs) I doubt it, right? I doubt that you walked into a spider web and you were like, somebody set that for me. They were trying to stop me. Nobody thought that that was a conspiracy in any way. You walked into a spider web. My friends, that's exactly what the lion did in the cave. And that's exactly what Jesus did in the grave. It's exactly what happened. Jesus walked out of that grave understanding that there is only his agenda. Everybody else's will fall by the wayside because he is king of kings and lord of lords. Amen? He's king of kings and lord of lords. And I want to share this, this final thought with you for a moment. And it's simply this. It's a quote by Joseph Cook, and I want to show this up on the screen for a moment because I need you to hear this. Grace is the face that love wears when it meets imperfection. Grace is the face that love wears when it meets imperfection. Who's imperfect? Raise your hand. That's the last time I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. This moment we've all sinned we all need grace I'm grateful for grace I'm grateful for grace my imperfections yelled for grace my imperfections shouted for grace have mercy on me I'm a sinner right If you've not ever prayed a prayer like that, I encourage you to stop for a moment and pray a prayer like that that says, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I prayed that prayer many, many years ago. But you know what? I still pray, God, forgive me because I need to get right with you every day of my life. I need to right my wrongs. And he's not intimidated by that, amen? The salvation that comes from Jesus is not that he died because I was worthy, but we're worthy because he died. Friends, that's grace. Death was canceled. Don't bring back debt that you were never able to pay. Accept that death 
of Jesus as the payment for your sin, that debt was canceled. That debt was canceled. And it's a great day when we can say debt is canceled. Amen? Some of you are like, yes, Lord. I know what that means. You know, here's my final thought, and I'm going to close in prayer in just a moment. My final thought is I want you to allow his resurrection to bring life to your life. Allow that resurrection power to be a part of your life. Now look at me. Every one of us, no matter where you're from, economic background, racial background, financial background, and, and, and whether you grew up poor and you're still struggling or, or you grew up rich and you still have money and you're living comfortably, you know we all fall into the same category, sinner in need of a savior, right? We fall in that category. Today, I invite you to say yes to Jesus. I invite you to say yes to Jesus. Come on, all across this room and those of you at home right now, just, just close your eyes for a moment. And I invite you to this prayer right here. If you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor Tony, I've, I've needed to give my life to Jesus. I've needed to surrender myself in a way that I never have before. I need, I need to get right with God. And maybe you have once upon a time Maybe you got right with God five, six years ago, five, six months ago. For some of you, five, six weeks ago. No matter what that looks like. Maybe you want to pray this prayer with me. Maybe you're online. I invite you to pray this prayer with me too. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. Maybe you're a believer. You can say this prayer too. Say, Jesus, I always need a Savior. I always fall short. But I believe you died for me. And I accept your death as a payment for my sin. I believe you rose again. And I believe with all my heart that you're coming back again. I confess you as my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. Come into my life and bring life to my life. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for rising again. In Jesus' name I pray.